is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. 2 Corinthians 3.3 3 says, For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And the title of my message is, Who is Writing Your Book? Who is Writing Your Book? If you could bow your hearts with me, and we're going to pray for a little bit that the Lord will give me utterance. I won't keep you here long. Father, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to come to your sanctuary. Lord, I ask that you just fill this space. Lord, let your spirit have liberty to move, to touch, to heal, to deliver, to encourage, to lift up. Hallelujah. We ask right now to bind every spirit of opposition. Hallelujah to your word. Hallelujah. Lord, let your spirit have liberty to flow, to touch, to change. Hallelujah. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your anointing. And most of all, we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated... Turn to your neighbor and say, who is writing your book? Amen. Amen. At this time, uh, we will be having children's church. So if you have a little one or not so little one, they, they will be having children's church downstairs. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Who is writing your book? One of the things most of the times that I don't like doing as pastor is doing funerals unless I know who it is and I'm sure where they're going but sometimes that's not my choice and I'm asked to do funerals of someone that I I don't know or don't know very well and I really have to think hard about what I say I'm not trying to hurt anyone I want to encourage to comfort if I can And usually what I turn to is the fact that funerals and mostly weddings are really not for the people up front. They're really for the people who are there. Because whatever fate has been sealed has been sealed. And so it's for the people who are there. And so I usually say, one of the things I always say that this person has written the last chapter In their life story. Their book is now closed. But we still get tomorrow morning to write another chapter. You know, we loved growing up listening to the fairy tales. Anyone remember the fairy tales? They start off once upon a time. Once upon a time. And because it's a fairy tale, it always ended the same way. Okay, somebody's read a fairy tale. And they lived happily ever after. That's the fairy tale. That's what we all want, isn't it? The fairy tale. Uh, the, the story that, that, that ends up that same way. And they lived happily ever after. You see, we're all actually writing a book. It's the story of your life. When you're first like born, of course, you don't get to write that story. Somebody writes the first two or three years 
before. You don't have much choice about that story. Somebody diapers you. Somebody feeds you. Somebody cleans you. And gradually, uh, about the, year, the age of two or three, you start to have memories. Maybe some of you have your earliest memories of going back two or three years. But still, for a while, it's not you writing your story. You didn't choose where the story began. You didn't choose the circumstances you were born in. But as you grow older, you start making some choices and you are starting to add some little notes in that book that is called Your Story. By about the age of five or six, you understand a few things. You know some things you shouldn't do. You know by that time, hopefully, the stove is hot. (laughs) You've learned not to put your hand on some hot things. You've learned some things that are going to cause you pain. You've written a few notes in that story. As you grow older into a teenager, now you demand that you want the book. You want to start writing all the stuff that's in there. You don't want anyone giving you advice. You want to start writing your story. And maybe by the time you're a teenager, you have the book and all the choices are yours. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting at verse 11, uh, Peter, Paul writes this. He says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child and I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But there comes a time when you can't blame anyone else. You have started to write the book. But when I became a man or a woman, I put away childish things. You know, a lot of times when we're at school and and we're messing up and the teacher catches us, we say, but what about him? (laughs) He, He was doing it too. But I'm telling you, it's your book. You will not be able to say anything if you have written the story thus far. At some point in your life, you are fully in charge of that book. You're the one that's actually writing the chapters for good or for bad. But each of our books tell a different story. As I said, we don't get no choice where the story starts. And maybe you're going through one of those seasons where it's a dark chapter, where things are not going right, where it's not so much fun. So, so far, the, the fairy tale ending doesn't look like it's going to happen. So I'll tell you how you get the fairy tale. The answer is you have to stop writing your book. But pastor, that means I die. And the answer is yes. <laughs> Romans 6.11 says, Paul says this. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead. Because let me tell you the truth, you can't write the fairy tale ending. You do not have the power to make it end and they lived happily ever after. The only way to have that fairy tale ending, to have the book, is to have someone else be the author. When we write the story, it's written wrongly. I've tried writing some chapters, and I've been very fortunate some of them weren't just utter disasters. At some time, God snatched the pen from me and changed the direction of the story, of which I'm glad. Hallelujah. The question is, who right now is writing your book? In 1 Corinthians 15.31, Paul tells the Corinthian church, I have to die daily. You know what he's saying? I'm not trying to write my story. I'm not trying to direct how it's going because when I try to do that, I end up killing Christians. (laughs) When I thought I knew what to do, when I thought I knew what was right, I was chasing down Christians. I was trying to kill Christians. I was trying to put them in jail. When we think we know how the story should go is when we are likely to make a big mistake. It's the story 
of your life. Who is writing your book? See, we want that fairy tale ending. We want it to say, and they lived happily ever after. Shall I tell you what happens when you don't let Jesus write your book? In the Old Testament, we have an example of the children of Israel. And God had been writing their story of escape. He had been directing to Moses what to say. Go to Pharaoh, say this, tell him this. Moses never said anything of himself. He was letting God write the story. God said, okay, this time they're going to let you go. This is what you have to do on the 10th day of Nisan. I want you to get a lamb and I want you to keep it for three days because on the 14th day, on the 15th night, I'm going to let my people go. That's the story we want to hear that Satan can't keep us in Egypt, but only if you let God write the story. Amen. In Joshua chapter 5 and verse 6, we see some part the story went wrong. They had been doing so good for the first two years. They had already reached the River Jordan. But then they decided, well, God, I don't like the way the story is going. And they snatched back the pen. Joshua chapter 5, verse 6. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed. You understand, before God could continue the story, certain people had to die. You cannot finish this story. You're going to have to die. You see what happened? Many times we keep going around in circles. You know why? Because we're writing the story. We've snatched back the pen. We say, we submit you to God. We, we love you, God. We'll do whatever you say. But then we start writing the story ourselves. And it wasn't until all the people that came out of Egypt that had decided to take back control died before the story could continue. It says here that unto whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. So they all had to die. Sometimes the flesh has to die so that God can take back control, that he can redirect your life, that the next chapter will be his will, not my will be done. Yes, but pastor, I'm not in, I'm, I'm not in control. I've submitted all to God. Yes, I've done everything. You know, Jesus came across somebody who was like that. He says, from a child, I've kept the law. I've done everything right. But then the Lord said to him, okay, sell all you got. Come follow me. You see, he didn't even know that he was holding on to something. He still wanted control. He still wanted to direct where his money went. He wasn't willing to trust God. You see, when we say we're going to let God control things, then that means he has to have the pen. He has to be directing how the story goes. You see, now you may say, well, no, I've given everything to God. I'm doing everything right. Well, I know my situation. Whenever I'm confused, whenever I'm unsure, I know he's not writing the story. Shall I tell you how I know? It's found in 1 Corinthians 14.33. It says this. 1 Corinthians, for God is not the author of confusion. <laughs> Anytime you're confused, unsure, it's because your flesh is fighting what you know to do. It's because you're not letting God be your author, because he's not writing any sad story of confusion, of chaos. He's not the author of confusion. When church people start fighting, when there is a bad atmosphere, any of those things, God says, I'm not the author. You snatched back the pen. I'm not writing that story. That's not where I'm taking you. 
See, whenever you're confused and unsure, check who's got the pen. Because the scripture, the word says he is not the author of confusion. We need to make sure who's right in our, we want that fairy tale ending. I want that fairy tale ending. I love those fairy tales because good always triumphs over evil in those fairy tales. The giant always dies. The wicked witch always dies. The ogre and the troll always dies. And they lived happily ever after. I think God was the author of the fairy tale. But only if you let him write your story. Many of us, many of us don't want him to write the story. We say we want him to write the story. But we really have the pen. And when he's writing something, we take out our erase and say, but God, I, you know, that don't look right. Let me fix it. Let me help you, God. I want it to go over here, and that don't look so nice. We could have gone around the Red Sea. That would have been so much easier. <laughs> Who's writing your story, really? Who really is directing your life? Who is the author of your story? Amen. 1 Corinthians 10 says this. Now, let me start by saying this. Paul wrote two letters to the Corinthian church. And if you read the first one, it isn't really a happy letter. He is correcting them. He's telling, in nearly every chapter, he's telling them, listen, you guys, you better straighten up. I hear this is going on. I hear that is going on. He had a lot of stuff to talk to the Corinthian church. 1 Corinthians 10. He says, now I beseech you, brethren. I'm begging you, brethren. By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he speak the same thing. That there be no divisions among you, but you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me. People were telling him what's going on. It's been declared to me, brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. God wasn't writing that church's story for sure. For this cause, he had to send Timothy. I'm going to send Timothy. He's coming to straighten you guys out. I'm going to send him with instructions to set things in order. He says, for this cause, I've sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring into your remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. So the first book to uh, the, the church in Corinthians was one of reprimand. There was a lot of mess going on there if you read it. Some, some really terrible things that Paul had to get on their case. And in fact, as you see, had to even send Timothy to go straighten them out. But you know, by the time of his second writing, something had changed. You see, that church had changed. They had paid attention to what he had written. So by the second Corinthians letter, he was able to write this about them. Second Corinthians 3, 3, the, the, the verse that I start, started with, you know what he called them? He called them a letter. He called them a book. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ. There had been a, a revival. There had been repentance. There had been a change in that Corinthian church. So now he could say that they were a letter written by Christ. That's what I want to be, a letter written by Christ. I want him to direct my path. I want him to write my every step. I want him to tell me where to go. But that only happens when you listen to the word. They could have just said, no, Paul, you're not here. So we're going to carry on the way we've been doing but it's clear that his second letter, his commendation here, was a strong commendation. As for as much as he are now manifest, that means it was plain to everyone that you are an epistle, you are a book. 
Christ ministered by us. What he was saying, listen, you listened to me. You started to write a different direction, church, and I'm pleased in the way you're going. Not with ink, but it was through the spirit of the living God. Not on tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. We have to let God write that story on our heart. It's not just listening to me or whoever's up there and saying yes. It's got to be something that you see and want to do for yourself. Because if you don't, you'll say yes, and tomorrow you'll say no. (laughs) This is something you got to want to do. In the Amplified Version, it says this. It says, you show that you are a letter from Christ. What a commendation compared to what he had to get on their case before. God wants us to be a letter written by him. We need to be like the second Corinthian letter. A letter written by Christ, not by ourselves, not by our flesh, not by our wants and desires. He says, you show now that you are a letter written from God. Delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit. I'm telling you, church, we need to examine ourselves. Make sure that tomorrow morning, who's writing your letter? Who's writing your day? Is it you or have you acknowledged him? The Bible says in all our ways. And he will do what? He wants to write your book. He wants to write that happy ending. He wants it to to end. And they lived happily ever after. If there's confusion, if there's doubt, if there's fear, Scripture says, Mm-mm, he's not in there. You snatched back the pen. He's not the author of confusion. See, he wants to write your book. He wants to give you a good outcome. Amen. You've all heard that Scripture in Jeremiah, right? You know the thoughts that I have for you, thoughts to prosper. We all quote that Scripture. That won't happen if you write in the story. My imagination is too weak to write a good end. In fact, most of the time, it'll turn out to be a nightmare (laughs) and a disappointment. I'll write myself into a corner where I can't get out. And then I have to say, okay, God, now you do a miracle. See, we need miracles because we've written our story into a dead end. That's what's happened. That's what's happened. We've written our story into a dead end. And then we need him to come and do the miracle and get us out. But let me tell you what the scripture says about what our authorship should be. And you all know this scripture, Hebrews 12, 2. It says, looking unto who? The, Jesus. Who is? He's the only one that can finish your book. You never started it. You may have written some sad stories, but if you want it to end well, what does the scripture say? Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. You can't finish this story. I can't finish my story. I make bad choices. Lot looked at the well-watered plains of Sodom, and he said, mm-mm, that looks good. Mm-mm, that looks such a great place for me and my family to dwell. It looks so great. He didn't know what was mess going on down in Sodom. He made a really bad decision. Why? Because he walked not by faith, but by sight. He left, he left Father Abraham, Uncle Abraham, the mountainous regions. But you know who also he left? He left God. He left, as soon as it, Lot left, God spoke to him and said, I want you to take a look around. Because now I can fulfill my promise to you. Because you didn't just make a choice based upon what you saw. You made a choice based upon what I wanted. Who is writing your book today? 
Who is writing your story tomorrow? Because Hebrews 12, 2 tells us we need to look unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The cross is not fun. We all have crosses. The Bible says we have to deny ourselves, pick up our own cross. Don't be looking at somebody else's cross. You can't pick it up. Your cross is enough. But we all have one. Pastor has one. It may be gold and shiny, but maybe it's too heavy for you to pick up. It may look good, but it may be much heavier than you think. And I don't want your cross. I can't pick up your cross. Bible says his own cross. Now the cross is not fun. Jesus did not look forward to the cross. He endured the cross, despising the shame for the, what was coming afterwards. There is a resurrection That's why we call them seasons. They don't go on forever. They come to an end. If you let him write your story, you can turn a new page. You can get a new chapter. You can get closer to the happy ending. You see, I've tried writing the happy endings, and as I said, it usually ends up in a dead end. You know, you can't write a good autobiography most times. You know why? Because at some point you die, and then who writes the ending? Think about it. I throw that one out there. Just think about it. (laughs) Somebody has to write your ending. You can't write the ending, even if it's an autobiography, because at some point you die, and then the story stops, and it doesn't say what happens. We're all destined one point or other. The Bible says it's appointed one to men once to die, and then comes the judgment. When we look to Genesis chapter 5 and verse, starting at verse 1, we see the genealogy of mankind. The first, the book of the generations. And they lived a very long time. Verse 5 says, And all the days of Adam lived were 930 years. And it always ends the same way. And he died. And then it goes to verse 8. And the days of Seth were 912 years. And he died. And then it goes to uh, verse 11. And all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. And verse 14, and all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. And all the days, verse 17, and all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years, and he died. And then it goes to verse 20, and all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. Then it goes to verse 22. Then it doesn't say, and he died. (laughs) There's a change. Somebody was letting God write the story. And Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. In other words, God was directing his story. You know, it doesn't have, and he died. What it has, and he was not. For God took him. Do you see the difference? The only one who walked with God, the story was different. He got the happy ending. He got the fairy tale. You write your own story You're going to die and no one's going to finish it. See, we have to understand who God wants to be the author. You see, salvation can only come if you let him be the author. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9 says this. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9 says this. And being made perfect, he became the author of salvation. Eternal salvation. You can't have anyone else write that story because he is the author of eternal salvation. Unto all them that what? Obey him. 
He is the author of eternity. So that means to get the fairy tale and they lived happily ever after, you need the author who can write that. And there's only one person. That's Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, when I come to the close of these funerals of people I don't know, I try and come up with something that I can give as hope. And the only thing that I can come up with is in Revelation 20 and verse 12. Because there's some people who have written their own book. And guess what? Your book, if you write it, is going to be opened. And it's going to be read. I don't want God to read my book. I don't want any of you to read my book. (laughs) There's some terrible things in there I don't want no one else to read. But if you persist and write your own book, guess what? It's going to be read. Revelation 20 verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. You persist in writing your own book, it's going to be read. I don't want, I want his book to be read. Shall I tell you what book? It's in Revelation 13. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. You see, if we let him write the book, our name gets written. When you let him write, he writes our name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I don't want my book read. It's got some chapters that are secret, that I'm not proud of. I don't want no one to find out about them. Only him. I confess it to him. But you see, you don't have to have your book read when his book is read. If you are letting him do the writing, if you like the Corinthian church, how they changed, you let him be the author. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. Praise be to God. That verse does not end there. It goes on to say, and another book. That's his book. That's the book with your name in it. If you have been obedient, if you have let him be the author, he said, I will write your name. I will not blot out your name in the Lamb's book of life. You can stand today. I'm done. Who is writing your book? Who is, your, who is the author and finisher of your faith? The Bible says that he was made perfect because he is the author, the only author, the only one who can end the story. And they lived happily ever after. He's the only one that can write that ending. Hansel and Gretel can't write that ending. Grimm's fairy tale can't really make that ending. Only Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, can write your name in the Lamb's book of life. That's why John wept when he saw nobody could open the book. But the elder came and said, weep not, John, because the Lamb slain, the lion of the tribe of Judah, hath prevailed and is able to open the book. Who is writing your book? Has Jesus written your name? I'm closing this service. But here's something to go away this weekend. Think about. When you wake up tomorrow morning, are you going to say, in all thy ways I acknowledge you, Lord? You direct my path today. You write my story. Or are you going to say, mm, all right, this is my plan. I'm going to do this, 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 and that. And you know what? You probably won't. <laughs> because you don't have the control. You don't have the ability. Only one person is the author of eternal salvation. And his name is Jesus Christ.
These altars are open if you want to come and pray. But I want you to meditate. Think about this. Who is writing your book? In 2 Corinthians, Paul could say that his correction in 1 Corinthians had worked because he was able to proudly say, you have become an epistle. Manifest to the world now that you're written by Christ. What, what, a, what a change in a horrible church. They were a terrible church. You read 1 Corinthians. And he starts out in 2 Corinthians by commending them and saying, you have now become an epistle, a book written by Christ. Wow. That's what I want to be. I want to be a book written by Christ. I want a book, be a book written by Jesus Christ. I'm not prolonging this, but I just want you to think about that. Who is writing your book? Don't try and be the author of confusion because he is not. Submit all our ways. Acknowledge him in all our ways and he shall direct our path. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for those who have come forward. I'll ask you, church, to join with me in prayer so that God can take control. I want him to be controlled because I made such stupid, stupid decisions. But God has been so merciful to me. He took back the pen and made some corrections. My grammar wasn't right. My spelling was an error. And he, he corrected it. He said, no, son, this is not how it goes. No, you made a mistake over here. Listen, I'm going to erase that. Nobody's going to see that but me and you. It's going to be between me and you. And he has started to write a better story. And if I will continue to obey him, I'm going to get. And he lived happily ever after. Amen. You want the fairy tale? It's not in Grimm's fairy tale book. It's only in the word of God. Hallelujah. Father, if you could join with me, church. Father, we ask right now as we pray. Lord, as we seek your face, Lord God, as we acknowledge you, that you are the author and finisher of our faith, Lord, we ask right now, Jesus, that you change the next chapter in our life, that you cross out the mistakes, Lord God, that we have written. You erase the bad scenes, Lord God. You tear out the wrong chapters, Lord Jesus. You write a new story that redirects us to you, Lord, that we can become an epistle ministered from you, Lord Jesus. Oh God, as I pray for those at the altar, Lord God, whatever their situation, Lord, I know that we can hand the pen back to you, that you can write a new story. Lord, we ask right now that you do that, Lord, in your mercy and your grace.